Hello, it's David here. The Leader brings you news, interviews, analysis and features every day at 4pm. Subscribe to make sure you're up to date. And did you know we have audio bulletins for smart speakers? You can get them every morning from 7am. Let us keep you informed throughout the day. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. £60 billion and 50,000 jobs are at risk in London. It would be a disaster for London, but also for the, the whole of the UK economy. Uh, London is, is the most vibrant and fastest growing part of, of the UK economy by far. Jonathan Prynne on the Evening Standard's investigation into the real cost of the coronavirus lockdown. And transport leaders should use the service. You can test the product, you can see for yourself how clean it is, how punctual it is. I like to talk to customers. You cannot run a transport system from a desk, you've got to get out and about. New London transport boss Andy Byford outlines his vision for TFL and explains why New Yorkers call him Train Daddy. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comet. In a moment, the crisis facing the capital's economy. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, it is quieter, but there is life in London. Although it has to be said, coronavirus has hurt this city. And the movement we now see around our streets cannot mask an underlying problem. The economy has been brutalised by the infection. And Evening Standard investigations found 50,000 jobs could be lost in retail, tourism and hospitality this year alone. One economist fears up to £60 billion in output is in jeopardy and it will take five years to recover. Is it too late to repair things? Our editorial column hopes not. How can we avoid this catastrophe? We need clear leadership, a strong plan and determination to get London going again, quickly and safely. But the response from national and city leaders so far has been confused and weak. One of the best cities on the planet is being scarred deeply by political indecision. 
We need answers to simple questions that cities elsewhere are solving. Is it safe to eat in a restaurant, come into an office or use the tube? And what about face masks? Of course, in all this, we need to stop a second wave of the virus. Life cannot return soon to what used to seem normal. We are so lucky to live in, work in and enjoy one of the most creative, diverse and exciting cities that has ever existed. We know it will get through this. Let's start London's revival now. The Evening Standard's consumer business editor Jonathan Prince led the investigation, which you can read in the newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. Jonathan, how close is London to true economic meltdown? I think worryingly close. We're, we're now well into July, mid-July. Uh, there's absolutely no sign of what you'd normally call the sort of peak summer season getting off at all. I mean, the, the figures from uh, Heathrow today, we saw that uh, passenger numbers are still 90, 95% down on last year. There are just the normal throngs of Europeans, Americans, Chinese tourists that you'd be expecting to be you know, crowding the pavements and queuing for the attractions and uh, filling up all the bookings in, in restaurants and so on. They're just not there. You know, we normally get six million tourists over the summer months in London. We'll, we'll get a tiny, tiny fraction of that. On top of that, um, the commuters who feed literally or are fed by the, the, the lunchtime, what they call the lunchtime economy, the cafes, the press and manchets, and then go on to drink in the evenings in the pubs and bars and so on. They're not there either because people are still not coming into, um, into central London in, in large numbers. So it's an absolutely devastating double whammy for, for the uh, London economy. But is this being experienced in other cities too, Jonathan, like Paris, for example? They had a lockdown. They did indeed. Um, the difference with Paris, uh, there are several differences. One, it's a slightly, it's a smaller city anyway. So people have, tend to have shorter commutes. There's more people cycling. Their cycling infrastructure is, is more developed than London's. Also, uh, Paris emerged, or went into lockdown earlier than London. It's emerged from lockdown earlier than London. And the, the, the messaging in Paris very quickly went to, you should go back to your offices. So they, Paris feels pretty normal uh central london is still pretty much ghost town so is it important then that we do start going back to offices well i mean it's it's up to individual employers and individual employees to to make that call but um i i think there's no we're not picking up any great enthusiasm to to rush back people are still very nervous about um, traveling in really crowded train carriages and so on. I mean, it, it, well before we'd even ever heard of COVID-19, there was no great enthusiasm for throwing yourself into an immensely crowded, sweaty train or tube carriage, uh, throw in the, the, you know, the risk of, of infection from a you know, highly dangerous uh, virus into the mix as well. And you can see why people are not exactly rushing to get the uh you know the 709 again like uh, like the, the good old days and there's an economist simon french from pam your gordon who said it's going to cost us 60 billion pounds in lost output and take five years to recover that would be a disaster for london it would be a disaster for london uh but also for the the whole of the uk economy uh, london is is the most vibrant and fastest growing part of of the uk economy by far uh, London is one of the only regions of the economy which produces more 
tax revenue than than is uh, than public than is spent on public spending. So it subsidises a lot of the other regions of the country to the tune of tens of billions of pounds a year. If London's economy is to really run into the sand, it's it's very bad news for the whole of uh, the whole of uh, UK PLC. So what are businesses saying they need? What help do they need? There's a whole range of measures, but most, I suppose, first and foremost, they want the messaging on uh, on public transport to change. They're, they're very, very concerned and, and confused and upset that the government uh, says it's perfectly acceptable to sit six abreast in, in a tube in the, in, in the sky uh, to, to go on holidays to... Uh, Spain or Italy or whatever, which people are now starting to do, but it's it's still dangerous or it's still not advised to sit on a on a on a train or or an underground underground carriage. I think they're they're very upset about that. They want a very muscular campaign to promote central London, which they feel is been you know the message has been rather lost uh, that central London has been rather cut off, and they they want a, a detailed plan, what they call a roadmap. Um, for to, to get people, London back up and running again. Central London in particular, not so much the suburbs, but central London has this unique problem because it's so reliant on commuters and, and foreign tourists. This, though, is a crisis that the city hasn't seen since at least the Second World War. I don't think there's uh, any doubt that uh, you know, London's had its ups and downs over, over the post-war period, um, but this potentially has the scope to inflict more damage on on central london which which is an amazing thriving economy but has just lost maybe three quarters of its uh, customer base overnight and i mean that is a totally unprecedented situation and totally unique to central london next you cannot run a transport system from a desk you've got to get out there uh, out and about I will be uh, using public transport every day to get around. One man who can help the city recover is new transport boss Andy Byford. He tells us what he plans to do. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. In New York, they call him the train daddy, Andy Byford, who started as a trainee on the London Underground and became the man who turned the Big Apple's failing transit system around. Now he's back home, appointed by Sadiq Khan as Commissioner for Transport for London. Our City Hall editor, Ross Lydell, went for a walk with him to ask how he plans to rescue the system in a post-coronavirus era and the meaning of that nickname, Train Daddy. <laughs> Train Daddy came about in New York when an unknown person, we never did find out who it was, someone came up with the moniker Train Daddy and stickers to go with it that appeared suddenly overnight in Brooklyn. Um, and basically it was a transit fan who liked uh, what we were doing at New York City Transit and wanted to 
express support for the fact that we were clearly on the customer's side and trying to turn transit around. It caught on. I used to get people come up to me in the street in, in New York and say, hey, train daddy, how are you doing? Um, so it was a bit of fun. Um, but uh, you know, now I'm here. I'm not just um, looking after trains, it's buses, bikes, rivers. It's the whole, whole shebang. So we're walking to London Bridge just now. How will you get around city yourself? Uh, I have never owned a car in my life. Can you drive? I do not have a driver's licence. Um, I have uh, failed my driving test twice. That's my claim to shame. But I've always, it's not because of that, but because I believe in public transport, I've made it my career. I just did 30 years in public transport. I've just celebrated 30 years. I started as a station foreman on the tube. Um, I've always relied on public transport. My dad uh, worked for London Transport for a while. My granddad drove a bus for 40 years through the Blitz. So I've always um, relied on public transport to get about. I walk a lot. I don't really cycle, I can cycle, I don't have a bike at the moment, but I also passionately believe that transport leaders should use the service because that's the only way then you can test the product, you can see for yourself how clean it is, how punctual it is. I like to talk to customers, I like to talk to my staff. So I think you cannot run a transport system from a desk, you've got to get out there, uh, out and about. Yeah, I mean, I guess my vision for the next five years would be that obviously the Elizabeth line would be up and running it would be a real success the Northern Line extension would be open further progress would have been made to make the tube more accessible it's a passion of mine it was in Toronto it was in New York and it will be here how will you get Londoners back on public transport um, well I think we're already beginning to see people come back uh, the ridership is slowly increasing both on buses and on the tube and other modes and, and I think the way we do it is carefully, uh, progressively rebuilding people's uh, confidence or giving people confidence that public transit is clean, that it is safe to travel on, that it's, um, it is the best way of getting around the city. What we do not want is everyone or people to, to migrate to cars. Uh, if we end up with a car-led recovery, we will just end up with gridlock to implement sensible measures in line with government advice such as wearing of face masks, uh, using hand sanitizer, social distancing, um, but to progressively vary the message uh, in line with government advice. Uh, we've already moved from don't use public transit to now use it uh, if you need to and avoid the peaks. Progressively we will upgrade that message to encourage people to come back. And that's the leader. You can read our special reports into the crisis facing London in the newspaper or online at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.